Hello and welcome to another episode of the Point Forward Podcast. A little trade deadline special. We're filming this, or filming, we're taping this on a Thursday night. So the trade deadline just passed a couple hours ago. And uh, earlier today I got a text from PJ and it was happy trade deadline day, but I'm not sure if there's much happiness going around in the state of Illinois right now. So PJ, how you doing, brother? It's cold and rainy outside. It's even cold and rainier in my soul. Wow. So <laughs> not so I am correct. That assessment would be accurate. I'm glad I uh, Fast. Basketball's least, stupid. <laughs> at least I know. Uh, at least I know what I'm getting into here. But yeah, we're we're excited to talk about the trade deadline. Let me just put a warning out there right away. We're not going to get to it yet. But when we get to the Bulls part, it's going to be all about me and not about anyone else. I'm I'm taking me shots the entire time. I bitch about my stupid basketball team. I think that is fair. I don't want to talk about uh, that first though. No, we're gonna talk. We're gonna we're gonna go somewhat chronologically here. Yeah, but we will get the get to that. So the action kind of got rolling last week with the Nuggets and the Trailblazers pulling off a trade. Yeah, as it was literally like five minutes after we stopped recording on Sunday, like we just had to wait. Like five, you were the one that wanted to wrap it up. We just waited five more minutes. We could have broke that out of the pod. That's my bad, dude. I'm sorry. I, w- I, you know, you live and you learn. Maybe tonight, you know, if the tr- if trade that if trades were still able to go on, I would uh, unquestionably well, we- go later tonight to make sure that we could, you know, leave us our leave ourselves enough room to be able to hopefully see a trade break and get some live reaction to it, but. We That's have to in the work. past. We have, we have to, to work. work tomorrow. It's Thursday. Up in Minneapolis, it was supposed to be snowing like 12 inches as of 24 hours ago, and now it's looking like we're not going to get much of anything, fingers crossed. So uh, if we would have been getting snowed in, maybe I would be fine with doing a couple-hour podcasts, which I'm sure you know our listeners would really appreciate. But Absolutely. They love our voices. <laughs> Obviously, if they're listening. But uh, so – you know, in that deal, I I watched a little bit of uh, Nurkic with the uh, Trailblazers tonight, and I I like some things that were going on. Like he's definitely still getting used to playing within that offense and getting used to play with Lillard and McCollum. And I, I mean, I don't think Lillard is really himself since coming back his injury just yet. He's kind of still getting into the uh, groove of things. But I I liked what both teams did with that trade. Yeah, it was good for both. I mean, Plumlee yeah. to the Nuggets. Gives yeah, gives uh, Nuggets a little bit more athleticism, a little bit of a different type of big man than you know. He's definitely, I think, pairs well with Jokic, um, and yeah, the Blazers be able to get a first round pick and Nurkic and like is a adequate. Yeah, you know, I, I like Jokic. I or Nurkic, not Jokic, Nurkic. Uh, I like him. I like his game. I I just yeah, it's doesn't make a lot of sense to have him and Jokic on the same team. No, and and they, I could definitely see why the Nuggets would have wanted to keep him on their roster for another year just to see if they could make it work between those two because they hadn't logged a lot of minutes together. But it well, had it is not a nice worked. asset. Nice asset. Uh, a lot of talent. 
Um, not a great rim protector, but I mean, he's mm-hmm. kind of like his game reminds me a lot of Jalil Okafor's game, honestly. I, mean, I think that yeah. they do a lot of the same things well. Um, I think he's an it's underrated a, yeah, passer. He's an underrated passer. Uh, but I think that, you know, for well, the Trailblazers, it's, it's they get to a, be rated accurately when you have the best passing big man on your team. Yeah, that is very <laughs> true. I, I just I, aren't good. I always think of a game the first time the the Nuggets played the T Wolves earlier this season. The reason the Nuggets ended up winning that game is because Nurkic played so well. Like he really like he's so big and so strong underneath. Towns could not guard him, and this is when uh, Jokic really wasn't getting any minutes. So, you know, Nurkic was still getting a lot of minutes, and he really just carried them in the fourth quarter put up like 20 and 12 and they end up winning and then he you know he's had a very up and down season but i think a change of scenery helped both of those guys and i don't think portland wanted to pay plumly so it's a win for both sides in my mind yeah i was like i mean it's like kind of just a instant reaction after it happened oh yeah i don't think either team Makes lost sense. i mean it's just kind of a shuffling of pieces portland got another pick i mean and i think uh you know, Denver just has enough assets. and so, I mean, they're trying to, obviously, we'll get into it maybe a little bit here, I think. I'm thinking. But uh, they, they were trying to compile a couple assets to upgrade at a spot. They weren't really trying to add another young piece. So they had a pick to give up, and they got a guy they like. So, Yep. Um, what? Uh, but, yeah, let's let's move on to probably what ended up being – well, not probably. Definitely ended up being the biggest yeah, trade. But, but, hey, man, can I just – before you get into it, just say, like, we've spent a lot of hours on this very topic, and I, I just it think happened. it's – It happened. It actually happened. You didn't believe it. I thought it was going to well, happen. no. And then so I didn't think it was going to happen, and – It's been up and down. We flipped and fl- – like, that was one thing that I but, predicted – <laughs> Dude, let's just like let's just be very happy that Boogie's out of Boogie's out of Sacramento. Boogie, Boogie, <laughs> out of Sacramento. No more than that. <laughs> uh, so this is one. Of, this is a prediction of mine going into the season, and then I gave up on it. I know. Uh, I should have. I should have stood pat on this. Uh, that, you know, that's my that's my own fault. But uh, Demarcus Cousins got dealt almost immediately after the All Star game to the New Orleans Pelicans for yeah. Buddy Heald, aka the next Steph Curry, Langston Galloway, a first oh, rounder yeah. and a second rounder. And the almost everyone's reaction to this was that it was highway robbery by the Pelicans. And I don't disagree with it because that's not a lot to give up for a guy that's putting up 27 and 10 every night. Uh, Even with his, you know, even with the technicals and some off field issues. But if anyone could have used a a change of scenery more, I'd like to know who that, who that is in the NBA. Cause uh, mellow (laughs) maybe, but (laughs) it wasn't, but maybe, I'm just I'm really happy to see him with the Pelicans and him playing with another superstar I think is going to do so much for his career. I'm just happy he's there and I feel bad for the future players that are going to the Kings as well as 
Buddy Heal because even though I'm not as high as him as Vivek is, and I don't think anyone's as high on him as Vivek is, but I like Buddy. I think he's a hell of a competitor. Loved him at Oklahoma. Buddy Heal's mom's not even as high on <laughs> on him as Vivek is. <laughs> no, I don't think so. And so, you know, the Pelicans and and we could talk and we'll get into it a little bit. I think here, but. My question to you, PJ, is because we I know that you love this trade and you're happy for Boogie. Do you think the Pelicans are the the pick for the eighth seed in the Western Conference with Boogie being on the team now? Uh no. I mean not not maybe, but I think it's them or the Nuggets at this point. Because okay. I mean the Nuggets still have depth and they've got a nice flow with with their team. I just you know, we were talking before the pod that you know, there's really, there's literally nothing else around those two. <laughs> like, yep. I was watching some of the game today. I was very, very excited for the Rockets, Pelly's game, and uh, it was weird, but it was cool. I mean, it was like just weird to actually see Boogie in a different uniform, but uh, especially it, in their really ugly purple ones that they're wearing tonight. Yeah, but Boogie, you know, Boogie's probably like I've rocked the purple before. It's cool. Uh, he's, uh, yeah, Boogie kind of had the, one of those life teaching moments they, they tell you about, uh, you know, New Orleans is a great place to visit for a weekend, but not a great place where you want to live. But Boogie went there for a weekend and ended up getting a new job out there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think overall though, like, yeah, I think the cupboard's kind of bare at those other spots. I think they're going to have to get pretty creative as far as ways to move some of those bad contracts. And, like, the minute it went over, I looked and I was like, oh, like, maybe Omer's, like, done after this year. No, they got Omer for, like, another couple of years. They, Alex, what, how do you say his last name? Uh, Agencia. 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 I mean, you, the Solomon Hill contract, each one more, con- like, I mean, they've got a lot of money tied up. And the one guy that you'd want to sign, Drew Holiday, you know, re up there, he's going to kind of take your last bit of cap space. So, um, but yeah, like you said, didn't have to give up a whole lot, um, which is shocking. And um, yeah, it kind of makes you like me. What I instantly did was the why the hell didn't, and everyone here that's listening to can just. Why didn't my we'll leave it? We're gonna leave a blank space in this sentence so you can yell your favorite team out. Why didn't the offer more than that? <laughs> well, it, it's a good point, and I listened to. It's funny because uh, you know two of the big podcasts. I'm sure if you're listening to this one, you probably listen to these two. But the you know Zach Lowe's podcast and Bill Simmons podcast. Zach made the point that, well, almost any team could have beat this. Yep. Beat the offer that the Pelicans gave. And Bill Simmons made the argument that who could have really made an offer that could have that could have beat the Pelicans and had a hole at the five. Uh, and so, you know, I, I tend to agree with Zach Lowe. I just think yeah. most teams – in the NBA, were afraid of how Boogie would affect uh, their team chemistry and in the locker room, which, to be honest, I think is bullshit. Yeah. I think that if you're in a smaller market 
and you have a chance to give away some picks and some talented young guys for a guy like DeMarcus Cousins, even if he has one year left on his contract, you just have to do it because he's that good. I mean, he is, in my mind, a a year, the rest of the season and next year, I think he's, I think he's the best center in the NBA. I wouldn't like, I think point blank. I think, I just think he's the best center in the NBA. Um, but, uh, kind of circling back into what the version of, of the Pelicans we're going to see for the rest of the season. And, you know, I think that they, if their ownership does the right thing in this off season, kind of try to, if they try to shed some of the contracts they have, uh, primarily Solomon Hill, they may be able to clear up some max room or sign, you know, two pretty decent role players that can really help out their team. Cause I don't think it's going to take much, but they have to get some shooting so they can spread the floor a little bit more. Because if you just look at how tonight is playing out, and we'll get to the uh, the big move that the Rockins the Rockets made uh, this during this deadline. What were you gonna say? I was just say yeah yeah we'll we'll, we'll get to that. Because if you just if right right now it's <laughs> it's almost no it's almost to the end of the the Pelicans are gonna end up losing time by about thirty to Houston, and it's not gonna be. It's not gonna have anything to do with what Demarcus and Anthony Davis did because they're both finishing right now. Uh, Demarcus has look at look at the stat line. Demarcus has twenty six points, fourteen rebounds, five assists, five steals, four blocks. <laughs> Dude, he's been everywhere. No, it's like kind of and and, and he's like Dav- running around. He's hustling a little. I mean, and like Anthony there's... Davis and Anthony Davis has twenty nine and nine, and uh, the rest of their team. One player has over ten points, and it's the other guy that the Pelicans acquired, and that's Omri Caspi. <laughs> uh, so this the Jewish you know, Jordan, they have some serious issues. The rest of this roster, and I think you know the Rockets are an unbelievable team. And kind of moving on to the uh, guy that they acquired, Lou Williams has uh, 20, 25 points tonight. Yeah, that was a very good move for them. It's a great trade. <sighs> It was a great trade by the Rockets. Uh, this team is going to be really fun to watch the rest of the season and with the playoffs. And uh, I would not want to play them. Like I, oh yeah, they're they could beat anybody. Like I, I don't think in a game, any game, like in a seven game series, I would not take them. Game, I do not, I do game. not think that they would beat the Warriors, the Spurs, but in any given game, I think they could win if they're hot. They have enough three point shooting. They have a really good mix of athleticism uh they have young guys that can contribute they have veterans to contribute they have guys that have established roles to come off the bench there can send two guys the two highest scoring guys off the bench are on the houston rockets <laughs> in the nba that is terrifying and guess the guy that's starting james harden is almost averaging a triple double i mean but he's not he's not russ's which we'll we'll get to some OKC talk here in a little bit too, but you know before we move on from Boogie, Pelicans are in a great spot, and uh, it's the best four and four. Uh, it's the best front court combination since Tim Duncan and uh, Ro- uh, David Robinson all in right. my mind anyway. Oh, it's better than that because I mean David Robinson. Well, the, David Robinson was on the end of his career, like he had knee surgery. You got two dudes like. In their pro- entering their primes, if not sure. like in their, I meant more just from. 
I mean, you, you can't really argue against what those two guys accomplished. They're much more accomplished players than Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. But talent, I think that that is a fair well, I'm fair saying statement at the, to make. At the point of their careers, it's it's pretty wild. Um, I mean, really, what I want to see more than anything out of this, though, is that yeah, the Pelicans can work some magic some which way and just sprinkle some dust on this thing and try to move as much of this. Like, if I'm them, I'm trying to just figure out any which way I can create cap space. Um, Because you want to obviously sign Boogie. You... Right, but I think they... I think next this next offseason is when they got to sign some guys to show They don't have Boogie. a ton of cap space. They don't have a ton of cap space right now. Like, they need to clear the way first to get that space. And it really depends on what how much they have to pay Drew Holiday before you can actually like determine what else they can get. They'll have both their exceptions, I know. Um, they'll have their mid and their what the other one the mid and the minor or whatever the other exception is. Um So they'll have those get pieces. But I mean they're gonna be definitely over the, the cap for sure. I mean like I mean, yeah, when I they sign, when they stuff. re-sign Boogie, you mean? Which, yeah, I mean, it's just like the wiggle room they've got. They just don't. There's not a for lot ne- there for right next now. for next season. They have seventy-eight million dollars on the books, which the cap is projected to be around a hundred. So hundred three, you know, yeah, yeah. But so I mean, then it's... then you have a second round pick, which isn't much. But like I said. If tell you what, if you could get rid of that Omera Sheik contract, and if you can get rid of that Solomon Hill contract, you know you're freeing up a ton of cap space. You're freeing up twenty three million dollars in cap or twenty two million dollars in cap cap space between those two guys. Um, oh, sorry, I'm looking at sorry, uh, I'm looking at uh, Basketball Reference and it hasn't updated just yet, but it'll actually be a little worse with Boogie. But anyway, you're right. They're like they're gonna be they're gonna be pretty close to the cap. They're gonna have to shed some space to try to, um, you know, they could they could use the stretch provision on Osik maybe. Like they they have some options, but they're gonna have to they're gonna have to tiptoe around and try to sign some big name free no, agents they, to yeah. upgrade the team because they just really don't have much. But I mean, it'd be it's cool just though because like yeah, those two can definitely. I think command some guys to want to come there, um, and yeah, I, I early kind of takeaways. I liked what they were doing. Um, it was definitely kind of that awkward, like overpassing, uh, kind of like, oh, I don't want to like be too selfish. And I even had like in a Reckley or Reckley game, first game we played, like there was a thousand passes and it was like no one wanted to be like the one to shoot and it was kind of just like too nice and polite at points you're like hey we are still playing basketball like get a good shot take it guys type stuff so shoot your shot yeah it was just like interesting like so you have that kind of awkward phasing but yeah man i mean i'd love to i want boogie to somehow make this eighth seed i want him in the playoffs i want those two dudes to just kind of give Golden State as much trouble as they possibly can and those two I want Anthony and him just gel and be like yeah let's fucking do this together man 
Yeah, I think it's a great fit. Two Kentucky dudes too. Um, yeah, I, I love it. But let, let's uh, let's move on to another trade. Uh, let's talk about the Raptors a little bit. I don't think we have talked about Sir, the Serge Ibaka trade, and that actually happened. That happened last. That happened prior to the the boogie trade as well. So chronologically is out the window. I don't think, but I don't believe that we've talked about Serge yet. Uh, so he uh, goes. Yeah, we from, did. Did we? I okay, so I'll, I'll, well, either way, I'll just touch on it. Yeah, just the Raptors made it. some Maybe nice moves. They, last episode, PJ Tucker, PJ Tucker to the Raptors for two second rounders at the very like right near the deadline, and then they also got Serge for Terrence Ross in a first round pick. I think they're great moves by the Raptors. I think they've positioned themselves well going into the playoffs and the rest of the season. They've made a couple upgrades. Um, Oh, and I actually I believe uh, Sullinger went to the Suns as well. But uh, smart moves, their win now moves. And if I'm Toronto, I think it makes perfect sense for a team like that in that market to be trying to win games right now and try to make a push to beat the Cavs in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean it was uh, definitely yeah because no we were I was had to go on my little rant about how this they lost this like I don't get what the magic are doing the magic don't matter uh magic and king now kings are two teams i don't care about i'm gonna be adding a third later in the episode but <laughs> um uh. <laughs> no i like i mean i like the trades though in these way sentences though that where it's like yeah you're giving up picks but there's also like a pretty good chance that surge will resign with them i think like that's their their goal um so kind of like seeing the beginning of that playoffs like this push but then hopefully that does happen because i like the fit with the with the raptors so um but it gives them like a little bit more oomph where i feel like actually in a series against the Cavs, they have a little bit more ability to kind of compete with them actually do something where like before I just that other roster seemed a little more finite, but seeing Surge with Tamar and and Colorado, it's interesting. I'm I'm ex- that was a, another move I was I was high on though as far as making sense for like the Raptors. It was the they had to do it. Like Terrence Ross made sense to move. Yep, I agree too. I like Terrence Ross. I've always actually been kind of a fan of yeah. him and. It's- you know who doesn't want a guy that's athletic and shoot threes and can play the? He's a well, fun video game player. He he's great, um, but Surge on that team is gonna you know he can give you flexibility. You're either gonna have him at the five playing with Patterson at the four, him playing at the four with Valanciunas, all playoffs long, and it's uh, that's just those are good lineups, man. Like I think that they, yeah, I would pick. I would the moves that they made I think have put them in a better chance to play the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals rather than the Celtics. Uh and I I want to talk about the Celtics at some point here too and their lack of moves mm-hmm. that they made at the deadline here but uh love what the Raptors did and the ter- the PJ Tucker and I texted you earlier today too that I'm not a huge PJ Tucker fan. I, I I'm just not it's kind of uh, but, a dick, but but what I saw that move at is 
is let's let's get a guy that we can throw in there and he can just give Guard LeBron yep. <laughs> as much hell as possible. Uh, you know, yep. they have DeMar Carroll that uh, they'll stick on him quite a bit and they could throw DeRose on him some too, but LeBron's a freak. And uh, I will give P.J. Tucker that he's built like a brick house. Like, if there's one guy, well, not one guy, but I, I think he's the best guy on their roster suited to be able to kind of body up LeBron and at least make him work a little bit harder to to do what he needs to do. And, you know, it, I think it makes, I think that given that they're giving up some late round picks that they don't really need, hey, I think it's a good move. I think it's, uh, I think that will help them. I don't like. I don't think the. I still don't see the Raptors beating the Cavs this postseason. No, but but it's bolstering them up. I mean, they're collecting the, their arms uh, to to try to do battle with them. I think as far as yeah, so I like, that's why I think it's yeah. great. No, and yeah, I, yeah and nice I think job. I think if you're the Raptor in the Raptors position, if you're in the maybe not the Celtics as much, but Especially like the Raptors, where you have kind of limited space, you have to be creative. Um, you know, I've been really impressed with how the Raptors do draft, though, and like they do have some attractive pieces on that bench and younger players that you could swing with these deals. So, and you know, utilizing their picks too. Um, I think it's what what they've set up themselves up for is their best chance to go up against Cleveland to compete. You know, try to push it to seven games with LeBron, and that's kind of where I, I think it's more than anything. It's like, how can we get to seven games with the uh, the Cavs, and then like game seven, just see what what goes down. Like, see, you know, if we're, we we have our chance, you know, maybe we catch them and we were able to, you know, hit a hot streak that night, and we're go to the finals based on that. I think that's and that's you know what if I'm someone that's trying to build a team that's going to beat LeBron. I I'm still don't like my chance a ton, but, you know, depending on if there's no better option for me, you know, I'm going to go all in and, and the Raptors are that team. So, no, they're, they're an A-plus for me. Yeah, if I'm not giving them an A-plus, it's definitely an A. But uh, they're going to be an interesting team to watch because they've been sliding lately too, and you mix some different guys in there. Uh, sometimes that can have an adverse effect. Sometimes it can kind of spark the team to get some and have some immediate success. So, uh, you know, I'd like things to be interesting in the East right now. I think they're four or five games out from the Celtics for the second seed. Um, I'd like to see them push for that second seed, and I know that they would like to as well to get as much home court advantage as possible. But let's uh, let's keep it moving here, and let's talk about the big move that the Mavericks pulled off today which I love for the Mavs personally. I'm a big Nerlens Noel fan. They were able to get him from the Sixers for Justin Anderson, a first-round pick, which is uh, top 18 pr- protected, and uh, Andrew Bogut. Yep. And uh, I, I like Justin Anderson. I really liked him in Virginia. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I think that he's going to be a solid role player in the NBA for a while. So in that sense, that is a need for the Sixers. They don't have many great wing players, and I think he'll fit in well with what you know with the rest of their roster. Having said that, 
I'm I'm getting rid of Jaleel ten times over before I'm getting rid of Nerlens, and it's not because I don't like Jaleel. I we've talked about this, and I've made it known that I'm an Okafor fan, but he does his skill set with Embiid just doesn't really mix at all. Where Nerlens is a more defensive center, where he's finishing around the rim a lot. He's not creating his own shot as much. Where Jalil is working on the block, he can shoot from the elbow, um, and has gotten some serious criticism for his defense. So I'm guessing they did not. They weren't just. They just weren't able to find a suitor for Jalil Okafor, and they had to pull the trigger with Nerlens Noel because they couldn't have another off season or the rest of the season an off season where they have three bigs. But uh, how did you how did you feel about this trade and what do you think about what the Sixers were able to get? Uh, so I'm gonna remember Maryland. this this trade deadline as the the year team settled, uh, just based on those moves like this and the boogie moves especially where I'm like, why aren't you trying to like get the best offer you can? Like why are we? Why is trading the person more important than actually like recovering accurate value for them? I, I like uh, yeah, you said I like Justin Anderson a lot. Kind of a throw in. I mean, but it was just kind of their. This is the trade. Yeah, they make is like ah, oh, we just need to get rid of someone. Um, and damn it, I wish that my teams would be on those situations where someone's desperate to get rid of a really talented young player and you know they don't have to give up much for him um but they're not and so i mean for dallas it's super awesome uh i think it's a good move for them i think it's a room protector they've were trying to get in deandre two off seasons ago and they got here young player they have cap space um no problem there but yeah philly just kind of in this situation, I don't see at this point. You only have twenty five games left, right out to the off season. Like at that point, maybe try to you make this trade. You know what I mean? Like with some of this, it's unless you have a while. Like oh crap! Like yeah, we'd be stupid not to do this right now. I feel like with certain guys like this, um, I mean, well, was Nerlens coming up on his? He's restricted this year, right? Correct. Yep. So that's why so, they they can't they couldn't wait till the off season because they would have had to pay him. You're right. I mean, Nerlens Nerlens is gonna fetch some serious cash, but you know why did you have to wait? I have a feeling that they have had a better offer. We could I think they've had a better offer for Nerlens within the last couple of months. They could have put, pulled the trigger on. They were hoping to get something better closer to the deadline, and they didn't. And it ended up biting him in the ass. And but. You know why not pay the guy? That's my question. Like, what is the harm in paying Nerlens Noel and him being a building block with Embiid, especially with the fact that yeah. Embiid, and look, I I hate talking about this, but with his injury history, there's some liability there. There's some risk there. So yeah. why not have Nerlens Noel, who fits in perfectly if Embiid is hurt? Like no, like given Embiid's talent, n- almost no player in the league can really fit that skill set to a T. Certainly not Nerlens Noel, but he's a good defensive player. He's super young. I think he's 22, 23 years old. He's yeah. going to continue developing. Uh, he's a guy that I think almost anyone in the NBA would want to have on their team. At least I, a rim protector, crazy athletic, 
young. Like, there aren't a ton Needs of bigs like that. Shoot. Yeah, but... Uh, no, I mean, yeah, I'm... He's shooting, se- shooting 70-plus percent from the line, which is big for a big like... Or it's, like, a big deal for a big like that because if DeAndre Jordan could hit 70% from the line, I mean, yeah. I think the... I think the Clippers win five, six more games, and it just changes the the scope of the fourth quarter entirely. One of the best. He's being called like the one of either like one or two and best centers in the league. I'm not gonna talk shit on him because DeAndre's my guy, but um, no, that's what. No, no, I'm just saying like in normal people just like shit on his free throws and like don't look at all the other stuff he does. Right. I mean, I I think the guy is an incredibly valuable player. No, I'm not. Uh, no, I mean, that's what, I mean, but back to Nerlens, like, that's kind of where I, what I would have done is, like, if I like this player, if, you know, I'll give him the money, and then, like, of those three, yeah, Jaws, the, Julio's the guy that you're, you're settling, you're, you know, trading away pennies on the dollar or whatever, you're not, I don't know why you're doing that with Nerlens, unless, like, you really didn't think, you know, him and Embiid together healthy would work but yeah i it was puzzling i didn't think that was gonna happen i I mean i'm not sure what they were looking for for jaleel but they're like unless they were just set on getting a first round pick for either of them and someone was willing to do it for right but here's the thing though is that this first round pick like i'm actually okay with this trade if it's you get the Mavs first round pick, period. But since it's right. first round protected and then it turns into second rounders if they don't get it this year, not a great, not a great trade. Just not a great trade. Because if you get if you get Dallas's first rounder on top of this, Dallas man, Dallas is probably going to end up in the lottery. So you, maybe you're looking at the nine ten pick, which is right. it's pretty good considering you get that and Justin Anderson. You know, I'm yeah, okay I'd be good with that. Yeah, I mean. And I do think partially what the Sixers are trying to do is they want to acquire some veterans. So, I mean, from the side of not wanting to commit long-term to Nerlens and, and keep that flexibility for some other guys and, and maybe add some veteran pieces, I, I can see an argument there, but I just, uh, I'm just shocked that you would... Uh, yeah, like you said, I'm, there had have been offers throughout this whole time frame that they could have gotten for him, and like you get pushed up against it now, and now you kind of have cornered yourself where you're not able to get what what you deserve for that kind of a guy and that kind of a talent. So I'm going to talk about two additional things that happened with the Mavs today that are gonna may have playoff implications, but then yep. are you ready to talk about talk yeah. about the topic of the day yeah. here yeah. so yeah. uh two other moves that the Mavs announced today were that Darren Williams and uh Andrew Boga were, were going to be bought out and they're currently I, I'm not sure if that was officially announced yet but Bogut has not well Darren Williams has to clear waivers and Bogut actually has to be bought out and then yeah so both those players are in the process of being brought, bought out of their contracts and it was reported. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if anyone really cares. Darren Williams got cut. Like, he got waived. So he gets all of his money. He didn't get bought out. So that's why he has to clear waivers before he can sign with the team. It's just like a 
slight difference. Gotcha. But... Thank thank you for correcting me. But either way, be, both these players. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, I didn't know. I, I wasn't <laughs> trying to be testy here. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much, Miss Lippy. <laughs> thank you very much, Miss Lippy. Uh, no, I thank you for correcting me, PJ. That was my bad. Both of these players have get your transactions in order, Ultra. Yeah, it's, it's, I fucked up. My bad. Uh, both Andrew Bogut and Darren Williams are reportedly looking to sign with the Cavaliers, assuming that Darren Williams clears waivers and that uh, you know the Bogut buyout officially happens. So uh, that would give the Cavs some rim protection another ball handler just in general trying you know should help alleviate some minutes from lebron and just take some uh take some pressure off of his playmaking from game to game because right now he's having to do everything for the Cavs in order for them to win yeah they'll get the the core for darren williams and andrew bogut the answer to kevin durant <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'll be interesting if Bogut actually ends up signing with them and then has to play against his old team. It'll be Anderson Vergeau reversed almost, but yeah. Mm. Um, but uh, hopefully Bogut doesn't carry the three-one lead curse with him. Oh yeah, oh, no kidding. Oh, but no, that's I mean, that's kind of more of the market the Cavs should realistically be in, and like. Maybe that's what LeBron thought the whole time. Like when he was floating out there, it's like, oh, eventually some of, some of these veteran dudes are gonna get released. Let's bring them on. Like, let them know that they're wanted. Um, maybe it wasn't mellow all along, but yeah. Uh, inch, it's it's interesting. Um, nice little pieces for them. So, well, we can discuss those more, but. Uh, Let's get to the main event, buddy. The entree? Yeah. This ain't the intro. <laughs> if only if only chance were here to calm me down. So um, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. throw the let me, I'm gonna throw the trade out and I'm gonna give my initial yep. reaction and then I'm gonna let you go. So uh, and this in my mind was even you know, boogie the boogie trade being included. This was the most puzzling trade to me today. Uh, and this, you know, I don't really have a horse in this race one way or another. But uh, the Bulls traded Doug McDermott, Taj Gibson, and a second round pick to Oklahoma <laughs> City for campaign Anthony Morrow and Joffrey Levine, Laverne, Levine, Laverne. Laverne. Um, and I understand them unloading Taj and I would have, I would have understood this trade if that second round pick is coming from OKC to the Bulls, (laughs) but the fact that I, the, the Bulls traded a lot to get Dougie and Mm -hmm. he hasn't been playing terrible. Uh, he, you know, maybe he hasn't lived up to their expectations to, uh, you know, to the fullest extent. But by all means, a decent rotation player and a good three-point shooter, and still very young, and still, you know, would have been a refresh, restricted free agent coming up. Um, 
does he have a year left on his contract, PJ, and then yeah, restricted after yeah. next year? So under their control and you know good role player, and he gets traded, uh, and you know the one one piece that OKC really needed, um, and then what they get back. I'm a campaign fan. I really like him as your backup point guard on an NBA team, especially when he's a more consistent three point shooter and he's been battling injuries. Uh, but Anthony Morrow. Uh, has had a real rough going ever since he's been in OKC. Dude. Haven't seen him make a shot this year. I've watched, uh, I said, like to some, like a different group chat I was in today. I've seen that, I've seen probably 25, 30, like partial, at least like a half of OKC's games. Haven't seen that dude hit one fucking shot. <laughs> <laughs> and he's so, a three point shooter. So, and then jo- Joffrey Laverne. I like some of the stuff he does. He's like a very crafty, uh, you know, he can do some things. I actually like him, uh, but, you know, he's a role player. Uh, he's a, he's uh, he's going to play. He's a point guard, right? A shooting guard? Joffrey Laverne? Yeah. Whoa. No, he's a center. He was on, he was on oh, the, dang, the Nuggets. He was like a – he's a forward center. He's uh, – you're thinking of uh, – uh, Lex, yeah, I know. You're oh, talking. my bad, man. So, my bad. But he, uh, either way, you still like him? <laughs> he, 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 I'm very like, like whatever for this piece. Like, why, why is he even really an asset in this trade? And why is he being? Why is he a bull? Like, why did this trade happen? Why I don't understand. You? I don't under. I don't understand anything about it. And the Bulls' lack of direction ever since the end of the season last season has just been mind-boggling to me. And I'm sure it has been to you. Uh, we're past mind-boggling. We're at, like, numbing hatred. Not hatred, just festering. We're just smoldering. Smoldering is the adjective we're going to use here. Uh, yeah. The uh, so there's like there's a lot of ways I, I'm gonna go with this. I'm first gonna start out simply with Taj. I loved you, Taj Gibson, top ten favorite Bulls, pros pro, like one of the dopest dudes in basketball. Super professional, super happy he's gonna play with Russ in OKC. Kind of hope he can resign there. That would be kind of cool. Um, I think he's going to. That'd be really tight. Also happy Doug gets to go there. Um, I like Doug a lot. Doug has an adequate NBA game. He can't defend, but he tries really hard. And on this Bulls team, that's a commodity they've lacked on certain nights. The effort portion. Um, And, uh, yeah, I think maybe a change of scenery will be good for him. But overall, um, so going into this off season, going into this trade deadline, I said to myself, "All right, like, what are the Bulls really gonna be able to do?" Like, you know, I'm I'm chatting up about Jimmy getting traded, and you know, I want those Brooklyn picks. Damn it! I still, you know, Boston. Don't forget our. Don't forget the number. Don't lose the number. Uh, I'm gonna. That's. We'll save that piece too. Well, so focus focus on this part. 
Taj Gibson, they should have traded him. Then gotten his, whatever they could from him because he was going to sign somewhere else in the offseason. I don't think he was going to come back. So you get whatever you can for Taj. I'm fine with that. So even if you told me this package they got was just for Taj Gibson, it would have been a bad trade. But you come in here and you're going to throw in Doug, who, like you said, they gave up two first-round picks for, to the Nuggets, ended up being a two first-rounders and a second. Plus they dumped two second-round picks with Anthony Randolph, who was a part of that trade, to the Magic to clear space to get Paul Gasol. So all that together, dumping five draft picks to acquire Doug, plus you're giving up the second. And Gar Foreman and John Paxson have the balls to like say, and, and what it really is boiling down to is that the Bulls really don't give a shit about winning, caring about selling tickets and they sell out every night and whatever the product like they have jimmy who's a star he draws people and it works for a lot of people but for me personally i want my basketball team to win championships and this doesn't get them any closer to that you've just told me that you wasted a first round pick on a guy when you had two picks in the year trade gary harris and guy we were talking about earlier nurkic I'd like those get pieces on the Bulls right about now, especially when you're coming around and telling me, John, well, mainly I'm going to just talk about Gar Foreman because I have different feelings about John Paxson, but, you know, Gar Foreman, you're going to tell me, yeah, our goal is going to be to get younger and more athletic. Well, when are those younger and more athletic transactions going to start well, to occur? And I'm going to stop you for one second because yep. that was – I remember this offseason, this was after all the all the real big names outside of D-Wade were really signed. And, uh, and you know, this going into the offseason, that was the underlying theme of the – that was what was coming out of the Bulls camp was that <laughs> we're, we're going to get young, we're going to make – you know, we're going to invest for the future, we're going to build around Jimmy. And then it's D-Wade, Rajon Rondo within like 24 hours. And it's just like – like, yeah. what is happening? Like, how well, do you think? Expect, how yeah. do you think realistically this is gonna mesh with Fred Hoiberg being your coach, mm. yeah. with Rajon Rondo, who him and D Wade fucking hate each other? I like they are not friends. They do no. not get along. Like, think about chemistry for thirty seconds, and you'll know that this isn't gonna work. Well, like, if, uh, just, yeah, I mean, so the timeline of that is. Rondo thing never made sense, but they signed Rondo first, and then they didn't expect Wayne Wade to become available. He came available, and they took advantage of that. Like, if you just brought Dwayne Wade in, like that's fine. The the Rondo thing never made sense to begin with, and then since then they've kind of somewhat corrected it. They're trying to position themselves for next year without Rondo. So you'll get into one of my other pet peeves of this is that the main piece they got back from all this is Cameron Payne who they're telling you know oh, we really liked Cameron Payne in the draft like we were trying to actually try to acquire him in that draft somehow well okay um would you have traded two first round picks for Cameron Payne or you know whatever 
And would you have traded down? You know, what would you, how, if you like Cameron Payne so much, why is it coming in this way? Like, how are you acquiring him this way in the draft? Plus, do you need Cameron Payne on this team? I've got Michael Carter-Williams who can't shoot. I've got Rondo who can't shoot. Jaron Grant can't shoot. So now you're going to give Fred Hoiberg four point guards that can't shoot. Plus, Isaiah Cannon's on the bench. He's can't shoot. He's been awful. Like, where's the shooting come from? And when you say where's the shooting come from, I know you just let a shooter go. So what what sense does that make, Gar? No. Real right now, Bobby Portis is their third leading three-point shooter. Like, he's got the third best three-point percentage on the team. It doesn't make any damn sense. Like, why did Doug have to get traded in this? Like, what are well, you doing? Well, that's that's what I was gonna say too. Is that it makes why no couldn't, sense? Why? why couldn't this deal be Taj for? It could be Taj for campaign, or it can be Taj for those other two pieces. But that could be that could just be it. Like you, yeah. Taj for Anthony Morrow and Joffrey Laverne. That that is fine. Like, what is the like? That doesn't you're. You know, this seemed to me. Do you know what this? This reminded me of like this is a this is a trade that I could see the Knicks making. This is a dude, trade that's like dude. I I I I want I want the Knicks or I want my player. I want players to be attracted to coming to my team because they know if they if things go sour and they need to get to go out, I'm gonna put them in a winning situation. And that's what they did with Taj, but they just killed them in doing so because well you get the probably the most consistent three-point shooter you have on your team even if he is you know he's not a consistent uh starter I mean, on your team but he's a no, building block he's struggled a, he's, and, but he's a, but he's young and he's talented offensively and then you have a really good veteran uh which i understand like taj leaving the team like, like i said i have I have no problem with them trying to make a deal to OKC um, with Taj, but yeah. you're giving up a pick and Dougie to get essentially like I don't think either any a of these of three bums. these three players aren't going to be meaningful contributors to the Bulls. They're just not. No, uh, campaign no. could be. Campaign mm-hmm. could end up having a role as a backup point guard. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. I just got three bench players at best. No, I'm, I mean you. You know what I'm saying though. Like, yeah. You, I'm an agree. I'm agreeing with you for sure. No, I know, but no, I'm just getting back to like, yeah, great. I've gotten three bench players for a first round pick and like my like state one of the staples of the organization. Like, yeah, I'm all good with getting Taj in a nice spot, trying to recover, like whatever. But just on Taj, then like, do that with just focus on why is Doug's name coming involved in this, and I'm not getting anything like a nice piece like for some like why is doug not being talked about and i'm getting jaleel okafor in that situation you know yeah how's that like let's you know so what are we trying to do here and you know i say that rhetorically because i don't think these guys have a plan they're going move by move they made a move just to make a move because they got hammered last year because they didn't trade paw and everyone knew they should have traded Paul. And Gar Foreman's big ass forehead comes out and says, <laughs> "Oh, we value cap space as an asset as well." Like, kiss my ass, you piece of shit. Um, just slap his 
put a big old mushroom stamp on his fucking forehead or something. Slap him <laughs> upside the head. Got a big ass target for him. Like just fuck that guy so much. Fuck towards that guy. Terrible things towards Gar. Um, it's a bad day. But I, I let's I, talk I, for a second here. I got one. Well, get one more. Are, get, are we gonna do the? Are we gonna do the trade? Are we gonna do the trades that didn't happen section differently? Or I could transition into that because that's. Well, I, I'm gonna. I was gonna say I want to give you your last piece. Like say your last piece towards the Bulls, and then let's talk about the impact this has on the OKC for a minute. Oh, I I talk about that instead because I mean okay. overall the Bulls stuff is crap. Like it's stupid, man. They're I'm I'm pretty much after this. Like, and I didn't think they could do any because I thought you know they'll trade Taj, but I didn't think I was gonna come out of this like more pissed at them. And then those fuckers found a way to make me more mad. So I'm pretty much at the point of like when Fred gets fired at some point because they're just weasels and they're just. They're directing it towards that way, even though they've given him literally not a single fucking player that works around the system he originally got hired to do. That's, that episode will come be coming at some point. Hopefully not for a while. But when that episode comes, rain of fire. But what OKC is getting is a badass, hard-ass working dude in Taj who is OG. Like he is and it's going to fit really well with Russ. I think. Oh, Russ and him, I guess, were boys in high school. Like He kind of knows Russ. He's like, I'm super psyched to play for him. I mean, Taj is the truth. Like, OKC should love him, embrace him, and treat him like the best thing ever. Because that dude is awesome. Uh, He, like, I was listening to an interview of him, and I was, like, tearing up a little bit. Because I was like, damn, I love Taj Gibson. Taj Gibson is so dope. He's awesome. He is great. Uh, so. I think I think what's going to be really interesting to see here is that, one, uh, I think this move, this trade is going to end up catapulting OKC up a spot or two in the Western Conference. I, I really think it's going to happen. I think they're going to end up being probably the five seed because what? of this. One, uh, they, they have um, – Oh God! Uh, they have what's his nuts? The chair puncher come. Enos Cancer is coming back here. Uh, he was cleared <laughs> to play. They have. Oh, he was. Yep, he's cleared to play. He's coming back. They have Taj coming back. So he's the best, the best power forward they've had since her. Ba- I mean, it wasn't long ago, but since Serge Ibaka left. Uh, so for the next couple months before the end of the season, I think this is really going to help them from a scoring perspective. And defensively, Taj is like, I mean, he's the he's the best guy on the block um, to pair with Steven Adams that they've had. So Dude, I think I that mean, you him combine and Adams, they're gonna have nice. a they have some really good defensive players because Russ, Russ is gonna have a rock a pick and roll like fest with those two dudes. And while they still lack some three, like they'd like to have better three point shooting, Doug helps. You can bring him off the bench and lineups with Russ to get wide open looks from three he's gonna nail them more than anyone else they had on the roster previously he's gonna get a lot more spacing with the 
Thunder than he was. I mean, I just I I really like it in that regard. And then if you look forward towards the postseason, where Russ right now is playing about 34 minutes a game, which isn't bad whatsoever. I think they're going to be playing him 42 minutes a game on average during the postseason. When you have Russ playing 42 minutes a game and he's playing as well as he has been, who knows, man? Plus they have. I mean, and with these additions, I think they're just going to be really well positioned to scare some teams before minus some shooting and minus some good defense plus just having a veteran on this team to pair with russ i think they were just they were just lacking something they were they were lacking a more this gives them more of an identity it gives them some more firepower on offense i i could not i couldn't love this trade anymore anymore for okay oh for the thunder yeah you give Give me all you. You grabbed all the loose change you had under your couch, and you said, "What can I get with this, sir?" And you got. You ended up having like a hundred dollars in change under your couch, so you got something worthwhile. Um, no, I mean for them, I don't know if they're gonna be. I mean, so if you're saying they're gonna get to six or five or six, like the only way I see that Utah moves up to four, L.A. dips down to like six, and Memphis dips. Like so, then maybe they hit five or six. I mean, but Chris Paul's coming back this week. I don't. That's see what him. I mean. But I, I don't see them. I could see them maybe going over, topping Memphis, but to go. I haven't looked at any of the second half schedules really to like. No, and I haven't looked at schedules, look at and that could end up calls. Yeah, and I could end up being wrong if they if they have a tougher slate than I think they're going to. But I just. Uh, I think that this helped them considerably, um, like I said, for a, a variety I mean, of reasons. If Taj resigns there, I mean, if Taj is able to resign there, they'll still have Doug. Like to go into next year with that, like that's a nice. Those are nice role players to to add to to that team. You know, whatever else they can they can add to help Russ further, but. One quick thing before we move on here, because we're we're running a little long, but yeah, uh, the uh, I feel a little I feel a little this bad. This is therapeutic for, for me. I feel a little bad for Sabonis. Really liked him. His minutes are gonna gonna dwindle quite a bit because of uh, this. But uh, are they? Yeah, I, yeah. Why? He was starting. Why? He was starting at the four. Taj yeah. is gonna get a lot of minutes at the four. You can play Cancer at the five and Taj at the four. You can play Cancer and Steven Adams at the same time. To have uh, those, four, I like that four-man, big-man rotation though. But if they try to, if they want to go small, they can put Sabonis at the four with um, Taj you know, or they could do. I, they have options. It gives them some lineup flexibility as well. But I no, just don't, I don't his minutes. His minutes will get reduced because of this for sure. Yeah, but I don't. I mean, like that's like, but he's gonna go back to kind of the minutes he was supposed to be getting and stuff i don't know i i think supposed to be all right i don't worry about that guy i like that guy a lot i, think I mean i like him too just for his development you know hopefully i mean i think he'll still slow. probably play like 15 20 minutes mm, i think that maybe on the i think 20 is on the high side but hopefully 15 but let's uh let's talk a little bit here pj i want to i'm going to go on a, a a bit of a rant um i had mine and it's going to be a lot shorter than yours, but two teams that we expected to be making some some moves here at the trade deadline were the Celtics and the Nuggets. 
And I understand much more from the Celtics' point of view why they chose not to do anything. And it sounds like they put both Brooklyn picks on the table and probably one of their wing assets to the Bulls for Jimmy. And I, it boggles my mind that the Bulls would not pull the trigger on that. Yeah, because that's what I've been venting about more than anything. That's uh, that's a lot of value because I think the Nets are going to be really bad next year. So yeah. two top five picks. I mean, there's and a role player. You know, they could if they ask for Crowder. I think if I, wanted, I were if I were them, I'd want Crowder. Yeah, that's you know I like to start a trade kind I want the Brooklyn pick, and I want a Crowder. Now, I guess there was, like, something I saw later from Casey Johnson, who's one of the Bulls beat guys, that one of his sources said that the Brooklyn picks were on the table, but then they were they had put protections kind of last minute in for either one or both picks. So that's kind of where the conversation turned, because then at one point, like, Adrian Rojanowski was saying on, on his – draft or his deadline show or his pod or whatever it was that the bulls were less interested in draft picks and more interested in ready to go nba players and we're trying to get PJ. a couple of the core guys fucking why man I why no i'm just saying like like that, not to uh, keep harping on these bull stuff that just doesn't make sense to me no like, no 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 man it does not make any <laughs> fucking sense to anyone I'm just telling if you're getting you rid of Jimmy, should, why do you need a bunch of NBA ready can like players? They're trying to control. do a flip, uh, do a quick rebuild. They were trying to do a rebuild on the fly. They want some ready commodities. You know, Paxson today at his press conference, he was saying, you know, like, oh, you know, with draft picks, you never know. Like, yeah, well, you know, when you have guard Foreman drafting since 2011, uh, yeah, I'd be a little concerned too, even giving him a top five pick. He'd probably find a way to fuck that up. Um, but, I mean, with this draft class coming in and stuff, yeah, you would automatically, the reason it made, like, why I wanted it so much was just because of this specific draft. You get the Brooklyn pick. You then, yourself, fall out of the playoff race. You get a pick. You're, so you have two lottery picks right then and there. If you got the third, you got the other Brooklyn pick or another pick from Boston, that's gravy on top. Like, And then, I, yeah, I want Crowder. He's got a nice controlled contract. Like, it's a very nice contract to get. And, like, whatever other pieces they have to take on for the salaries to match up. I'd be, I'd be, do, we'd be doing a whole different episode if that happened Yes, today. we would be doing a whole different episode. But, and I should preface this before I keep going that, uh, you know, with the Celtics, I'm really okay with them looking for a deal that works for them, but not giving up too much because ultimately, if they wait, they're not losing yeah. a ton. They have a roster that is built for winning right, right now. Is it built for winning a championship? Probably no. not. Is but, it built for you know being a top three team in their conference and having a chance at competing against the Cavaliers? Yes, I think so. Yeah. So I just uh, you know they I guess won- with with them. I mean, it was encouraging for me, like because I was crit- I've been critical of the cell. It's like if they're gonna play in the waters of trying to get a. a Paul George or Jimmy Butler, don't be coy and tell me that Brooklyn pick's not involved in it. It's like my only thing. Cause then I'm just gonna be like we're we're not in we're not starting you know, for if you're gonna try to trade for a top fifteen player, 
sorry, that's that's coming. Like that's that's just that's we have to establish that part right off the bat. So it's nice but to see that they have some self awareness. Yeah. And like, according they, they to reports, according to reports today, it sounds like with both the Pacers and trying to get Paul George, and with the Bulls trying to get right. Jimmy Butler, that pick was involved with both. Yep. It, the asking price was just too much, and frankly, I don't. And we can get to the Pacers in more detail. I don't really understand where the hell this even came from. Because Paul, the Paul George thing was like in the back of everyone's mind a little bit, but it wasn't mm. really talked about. There wasn't a lot of reports around it. It's kind of weird that this became such a big I saw talking some. point today. But anyway, let me finish my thought on the Celtics yeah, yeah, here. Sorry. They, yeah, sorry. Uh, so, I got you, dog. What is the harm? And I mean, there's really no harm in them waiting because if they keep no. that pick, they go into the draft and teams are more desperate and looking to deal again on draft night. They can take the and number one. They'll have one seen up. the guys. They'll know who's in the draft. Yeah. So if there's a number one overall pick that is just obvious, so let's say, you know, Lonzo Ball, UCLA yeah. is a three seed and they end up winning the NCAA title this year and he's unbelievable. He becomes the first round pick. No brainer. They can take him, and they will have suitors that are willing to pay. Well, you even, well, I would say too to add to your point, you can even take the make the pick, and you know, depending on what happens in the offs, everything. I mean, look at what the Cavs did with Wiggins, and got Kevin Love out of it. Exactly. It, I mean, Wiggins I mean, was playing summer league for the Cavs, and then he got you know. So it's, yeah, it's a good asset. Like it's not one you unload for anything but like they're in the right waters as far as like who to go after but that needs to be involved for there to be a conversation yep um so uh, them waiting is really okay with yeah me. and uh i th- i mean but eventually they're gonna have to source some things out they stash two guys two first rounders overseas they're gonna have the brooklyn pick here jalen brown it's going to continue to get better, and they're going to want to give him more minutes so they can continue to develop. Uh, and I don't know, really know where Crowder fits in with this because I think ultimately they're going to be trying to make a trade yep. for a three. He'll be a part of a piece. And he'll probably be a part of that. Uh, He's an so attractive. So a lot of question marks with this team, but the fact they didn't pull the trigger on a deal, I totally get. The The report that, what, that came out today was – I believe this. I believe Woj tweeted this was that the Pacers wanted. This is dumb. They wanted the Brooklyn pick and three of four players out of Bradley, Smart, uh, Jalen Brown, and uh, Jay Crowder, which is just absurd. I and mean, David is, Putney. And <laughs> I mean that is yeah. a haul, and I don't blame. I think it would have been stupid for the Celtics to have done that. I mean they probably would have been. Yeah. You know, they'd be well positioned even having done that, but still. Uh, but then there's the Nuggets, and um, but I don't think it was, and it, it it wasn't on account of them not trying to make a deal because they it was reported by Woj again that they they made a big offer to, to the George. Pacers uh, to to try to get Paul George. Uh, who knows who exactly was a part of that? It could have been any combination of Wilson Chandler, Danilo, Fareed. You know, their their assets are just. I mean, it's it's crazy. A couple first round picks this coming draft. Um, this offseason, yeah. they're just going to be a team to watch. It, it, they're just such a weird team because there's. It's so odd that like they have so many guys that almost any team in I the mean, NBA would want to have on their roster, like. 
T-Wolves, the Bulls, the Thunder, you know, playoff teams could use uh, guys that they have on their roster. And it's just shocking to me that there wasn't more of a market for a guy like Wilson well, Chandler who's having a career year. The problem that you ran into more than anything is, like, the teams that probably needed those guys most didn't have, like, the... Didn't have much to give up. Yeah. Um, because at this point, the Nuggets aren't looking for... They don't need a. They don't need a pick. Maybe a really high pick, well, but they don't need. I, they well, don't I think need they a, would. I think they would take first round picks if they could then move those with other dudes to then upgrade. Like they're trying to upgrade positions. Absolutely. Right. But so it doesn't have to be a one felt swoop. Like yeah, if I trade Danilo to the Wizards, I got the Wizards first round pick. I'll take that one. I'll take trade Wilson Chandler here. I get that. All right. I got these two first rounders. Take the you know whatever it may be like. Or I save some of these, I package mine, whatever, and I take Farid and something. I try to get someone. You know, I mean, there's like building blocks towards it, but yeah, like they're they're. I mean, what I look at them more than anything is it's just like, and I thought the Nurkic thing was almost that moment, but I think it needs to be like Danilo or Wilson that moves where it's like then the floodgates like it just kind of there's just like this tension and pressure built up on that roster and they just need something to move to like kind of release it and then let the pieces fall and you you kind of see where their what their plan is going forward because yeah right now it's just gridlocked yeah i just uh, I i really want to see them make a move today the thing was is that if it wasn't going to work out for and I, well, my question is like I, I wonder if they were making plays to Jimmy, because it seems to me if they were if there's a team that's Yo. well suited to give up a couple of established NBA talent, yeah, for Jimmy, they're even better suited. Like I think they're a little more desperate for the than the Celtics are because the Nuggets are smaller market. They don't attract big name free agents typically, where the Celtics were able to just sign Al Horford just out of nowhere. Uh, historically, you know, a, a very well accomplished NBA franchise that pulls some big names. Um, so I'm curious as to whether or not they threw yeah. something the Bulls' way. I really am because if they could have thrown know. Danilo, you know, Yo, Danilo you me, Chandler you and a pick. Or you know, I, Moutier. You put Moutier. You put Barton well, in there. I mean, you. Have I some want options. some Jamal Murray for that shit. Mm. You give. see, I think he's the one untouchable in, in there. In but why role. would you want Jamal, what, Jamal Murray with Jimmy? Like you're, you want to do that parent? I mean, fine. I get. I mean, I'd be. Yeah, Jamal Murray at the two and Jimmy at the three. What's wrong with that? Nah, Jimmy's a two man. Don't Jimmy doesn't want to play the three anymore. Jimmy's gonna be Jimmy's a three in Why today's you NBA, want... dude. I, that's a different conversation, but Jimmy's been playing the. Man. Jimmy wants to be the point guard slash. I mean, give me Moody, give me Jamal Murray, give me Danilo. I like the idea of Wilson and Jimmy playing together. Do that. I don't know, but yeah. No, if that's the direction you want to go, I'm just saying go, from, from Bulls, the Nuggets' perspective, I don't think yeah. that Jamal Murray. I think he's the one guy really. No, I know. I don't. I don't know what him like, and yeah, Jokic what, or, you know. No, I'm gonna start doing some more Bulls, uh, Bulls Nuggets trade machines. I think now. Now you're saying that since now they want ready-made players. You know, what the fuck that means? 
yeah, I mean, if, if Nuggets, you if, if that's going to do something that gets the Bulls to actually do a rebuild, great. But I don't think they know what the fuck they want to do. That's why they didn't make any move at all. Maybe in the offseason, yeah, they do actually do something with some of that. I feel, I mean, I think it'd be, I always do feel like to trade a player in the season, like a star player, like, you got to really want to move it. You have to have a good offer because then, I mean, you you have to be front-facing, like answer questions about it, whereas, you know, if you're in the offseason to, uh, you know, make those big moves, you can kind of hide a little or your access is a little bit, you know, less. Right. Then you put out a statement or something, you know. So I feel like a lot of times GMs like to do it then too. It's like there's... A little, uh, it's like immediate regret on that end of it, but yeah. Overall, we've two two years in a row now. I mean, we got the one of the best trade deadlines two years ago. We're just like, a bunch of crazy shit happened, and then now this year we're sitting in like last year and this year. See, it's kind of lame. So, and I, so I want this is the this is what I wanted in on with you too. Okay. I'm glad you brought it up because. Cool. Great minds think alike. That's why we. That's why we started to do this pod, right? But I don't think. I think people think this deadline view this deadline as being bad because the real big trade on like right before the deadline is what we wanted to see and it didn't happen. But if you look at some things that happened, like. The NBA got switched up a little bit. Like stuff happened today. Yeah, but like, the it, OKC Bulls trade is a big trade that impacts both teams heavily. The boogie trade. We still we saw we got we saw a superstar who had been yeah in trade talks for two years finally get traded. You know it's it. I'm happy. Like I'm really happy of, of what we were able to see, and I would have loved to see Jimmy get traded and the Bulls do something smart and get some assets, both from an NBA fan and from a person that does a podcast with someone that is a huge Bulls fan. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen that happen, but unfortunately it didn't. My fingers are crossed that this coming offseason, D-Wade opts out. They go full tank, full rebuild, uh, and trade Jimmy. But... Maybe. We'll have to wait and see. But I'm happy yeah. with how the trade deadline went. No, I mean, you bring up a point of, like, the immediate depth, but it's still not anything like... I mean, I feel like when there's the moves that got made two years ago, there was, like, contenders got real. Like, the Thunder thing, yes. And maybe now Pelly's are the eighth seed. But there wasn't anything, like, significantly... Uh, I mean, the Mbaka thing, but I don't know if the Mbaka thing's, you know, I, I think maybe it is the haze of just, like, people think it's going to be Warriors and Cavs or whatever, but I just felt like it was very Manila, and there was just, like, on the day of, it was just, like, a lot of exchanging of stuff, I mean, but to your point, you know, maybe in a year from now, or next trade deadline, we're looking at this differently, like, they made these moves this year. Now next year is when those other moves come. And I just think right now too, like I, I had mentioned earlier, that I think a lot of the got teams that needed pieces wanted to trade, and then the teams that also what they were the, that had assets they were trying to move just 
there were no nice synced up pieces as much as in years past where you had the teams that needed the guys or the teams that wanted to give them up didn't have the assets to exchange. And I I think the some of the contenders and stuff, like the Thunder being one of them, not having a – I think the Thunder, too, I was looking at the earliest first-round pick they could give up was 2022. Sure. So you have those kind of situations. Um, but I'm obviously just going to be, like, complain about and look at this as, like, the day I – the, like one of the few like in the chinks as far as my bull's armor goes like one that really just hit hard because it just was made no sense like there'll be nothing it, honestly like to i mean i probably will remember this trade but you know it's like who's gonna remember who the bulls got back in this like in a couple of years it's gonna be campaign and then two guys who can't remember but uh, I'll remember. Uh, I, I, Joffrey Laverne. Maybe I'll forget. Anthony Moore. I'm just gonna remember because you hate him. <laughs> well, I don't hate him. I just found it funny, like that. Like he was like one of the Thunder big offseason acquisitions, like some three point shooting. But like he's, he, I guess he changed his shot in the offseason. That's why he's been so bad. So like, obviously that dude's like really fucking smart. He was like, yeah, my one thing I'm good at, I'm going to try to change, and then I'm going to suck at it. Oh, actually, <laughs> I'm sure you'd be perfect was, on the Bulls. I'm Come sure on that, board, Anthony. I'm sure that was his mentality. But r- yeah. real quick before we go, I do want to point out that I'm a little disappointed. You know, you're talking about the trade deadline. I'm a little disappointed what all happened in the East. But I think on how the West shaped, up and how these trades ended out and how it's going to impact the playoffs i think it really is going to play a factor because if you look at the road to the finals for the warriors now it just got a little tougher they realistically could easily play the pelicans in the first round and okc in the second round so maybe in the fourth matchup of the season okc is able to beat the warriors now they have a healthy cancer they have two new mm-hmm. additions that can help out this team. Uh, oh. They win that game. Maybe in the first round, the Warriors beat the Pelicans in five, and I really think they would beat them in about five games, but they're going to get the shit kicked out of them down low, and Draymond Green is going to have to do a bulk of that work. Then they're going the next round. They have to go head-to-head against OKC, which is going to be, you know, they can probably end up winning that in five or six games, but hey, Plus they're going to have to battle their ass off to win. And then they're going to go against the Spurs. And then they're going to go against the Cavs. So, like, I really think it's because of these trades that really could end up shaping things in the end. And that's plus, what it's, it's plus great. Other that's piece. why I love the trade deadline, PJ. All right. Yeah. No, I, I will say one other piece that you're bringing up. Yeah, if, if Pellies make the AC, they play the Warriors. Pellies acquired a guy that can absorb a nut shot. Kind of an attractive target for Draymond to try to kick at, you know. Yeah, that's very true. That's a get him get him kicked out of a game, whole new series. That'll one hundred percent be on our nut shot watch during the playoffs. That's that was the nut shot. That was the nut shot trade, man. Buddy and Buddy and Boogie getting exchanged. Should have just made the trade symbolically happen at that moment when Buddy grabbed a handful of Boogie's junk. Oh, and who could have guessed that they would be involved in a trade with one another just a few weeks later? But 
we should uh let's wrap up pj i uh i really hope things turn around here for you um going into I have the Giannis. weekend and the it's nba all... is back on tv Thank now God. we got a full slate tomorrow it's been it seems I was like lost. it's been a good friend I was of lost ours for those days good friend of ours brought up a good point today that seems like the nba has been off for like a month Yep, thank LeBron for that. But uh, thank you, everyone, as always, for listening. Check us out at thepointforwardnba.com or on Twitter at thepointforward. Or please follow PJ or I at FoolishKilla at Ultra Jacobs. Check us out on Facebook, and please leave us a review if you like what we're doing. But, uh, well, one more year, and we get to do this all over again, man. Yep, kiss my ass, Gar Foreman. <laughs> and on that note, we'll end it. Take it easy, everyone.